Welcome to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And a very we're politicians. And a very good Saturday afternoon for us, anyway, to uh, you and um, wherever you might be. I'm Harry Alexander. This is Eric. Um, um, Mm-hmm. Abel Franzi's uh, Voices of the West. Broker de France is on the other side I'm of, over the, here. of the glass, as it were. <clears throat> Even though there is no glass. What was I thinking on that? I have no clue. Imagine, oh, I know. It was the Marcel Marceau glass. Oh. That's what it was. Yes. Very okay. good. Uh-huh. And this is, remember, this is radio now. Well, that's great. Uh, <laughs> it's a visual medium. Today, it's, it's, it's theater of the mind. <laughs> Today, uh, we got a great show lined up. We've got author W. Michael Farmer, and uh, he's got a, a buttload of books out, and we're going to be talking about one of them, one, perhaps all of them, when we can. get all over the place. And we've also got uh, Western Writers of America author with us, uh, D- uh, Doug Hawking, to uh, help uh, share. Guide us along. Gu- guide us along, <laughs> share the wealth as, w- as it might be. Uh, but first, before we get into that interview, we've got uh, a little uh, a bit of a notice there mm-hmm. that we want to pop out, right? Yeah, we got a little event coming up here, and uh, it's fond of my heart. It has to do with our Western heritage, our history, our culture. It's uh, being put on by the Empire Ranch Foundation. It's their uh, annual event. It's, they've changed the name this year. It became the Cowboy Festival. It's on Saturday, November 2nd of this year, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Our 2019 Festival Highlights, uh, you'll have a chance to meet and learn about the Southwest Association of Buffalo Soldiers and their contributions to Arizona history. We'll have author H. Allen Day. He'll speak about life on the Lazy Bee as lived by an American cowboy. And for those who may not be aware, H. Allen Day is the brother of... uh, retired Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. Little brother. Yeah. But he's a big man when yes, a letter is there. He's a great guy. Well, also, just while we're talking about authors, uh, our guest, or our, our co-host guest is uh, Doug Hawking today, and he'll also be down there talking about some of his books, and we'll let him have a little plug here in a bit. And then uh, Tumbleweed Tilly's Old Time Photos, uh, <laughs> you purchase a sepia tuned uh, photo of yourself dressed in period costume and I heard say it's only going to cost like about five bucks now don't quote me on that but that is a gonga if it ever was one hell of a deal Yeah. also you can safely view the sun under the direction of Tucson Amateur Astrology Association there will be western music and entertainment history and cultural de- uh, demonstrations ranch life exhibits Lots of kids' activities, skilled artisans and speakers, silent auction and food. Uh, there's be an ATM down there, so you can just spin like crazy if you want. Uh, this is located off of Scenic Highway 83. That's between I-10 and Sonoida. It's on the Empire Ranch Road, three miles back, paved all the way. There's a $10 donation per vehicle requested. So I recommend you get a school bus, fill it up with about 80 people, charge each one a buck a piece, give them the $10. 
And then take that extra seventy dollars and, and throw it in the church uh, collection plate. Or spend it at the roundup or yeah. the, the festival. And if you need further information, uh, you can go to www.empireranchfoundation.org, or you can call toll free. That means it doesn't cost you a darn thing. Eight eight eight. Three six four two eight two nine, and just just a warning: if you go do, do go down there, we have an event called Cowboy Conversations, and I'll be talking about Hollywood on the ranch. A lot of Western movies were shot on the Empire, and I'm there to dazzle, confuse, and bewilder you. And you're pretty good at that. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> I, I try. Do my best. Anyway, the that is the big event, uh, big fundraising event for the Empire Ranch Foundation. Uh, so <clears throat> do check it out. It's certainly worth it. Now on to our guests. We have uh, Michael Farmer, Ph.D. He's a member of the Western Writers of America. How do you pronounce it? Is that like Fud? Fud. Uh, learned about the rich mosaic of history figures depicted in his books while living in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Good place. And he was there for 15 years. He's got a Ph.D. in physics and uh, has conducted a atmospheric research with laser-based instruments, instruments that he developed. He's won awards for essays, published historical essays in magazines, and on the Facebook webpage, Killer of Witches. His first novel, uh, Ambrecitos War, won a Western Writers of America Spur Award finalist for the best first novel in 2006. As a New Mexico Book Award finalist for historical fiction in 2007. Same book. And he's got a buttload of other books out, and we're going to talk about those. <clears throat> Michael, welcome to the program. I'm delighted to be here. We appreciate you having having you here, Doug. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Thank well, you for being here. Glad to hang out, guys. Yeah. All right. So, I, 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 the 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 question just begs it, uh, uh, Michael. Yeah. A physicist writing Western fiction. What happened? <laughs> well, you know, you you have to have uh, imagination. To write good fiction, yep, and uh, uh, you have to have imagination to do good physics. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, Einstein said that that physics, or rather, imagination, was the most important thing. And uh, I don't know; it 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 just was kind of a natural thing for me to do when uh, I started uh, uh, getting away from my from my technical career. Uh, there in, in Las Cruces. Uh, I had uh, uh, heard and read about the, uh, the fountain murders, and I was really, really curious about, about uh, who might really have done it. That was in New Mexico. So, uh, that was in New Mexico, I, correct? Yeah. That was in, that was in New Mexico, okay. yeah. Uh, are you familiar with that, with that, uh, with the fountain murders? Yes, I am. Uh, in fact, we're, we're almost neighbors in a way. I grew up in Rio Dosa, you know, just a few miles from oh, the Escalera Reservation. And uh, I'm very familiar with that. In fact, that's one of the things that uh, when I started looking you up and doing my research. Uh, your novels, you, you've got, there's a touch of uh, Isaac Asimov there because there's all of these different stories but they all kind of weave 
uh, around each other. You know, the trial, the Yellow Boy, the Legacy Trilogy. Uh, it just, you know, and I'm intrigued, you know, because I, I, I finished I finished the Apache Rio last night and really enjoyed it. I thought this is a researcher's dream come true on the on the Apache because uh, so much of that stuff is just almost all hearsay anymore. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's gotten to where it's it's buried in, uh, in a lot of old books and reports and newspapers that uh, people just don't take the time to, uh, to check into anymore unless they they're really interested in doing uh, uh, good historical research. I really consider myself much more a novelist than anything else. Mm-hmm. Pacharia and, and the latest book on Geronimo was was really a uh, compendium of essays that I that I wrote for myself so that I didn't didn't forget the, some of the details which I thought Great you know uh, it's it's extraordinary that that people just don't know that this this stuff nowadays yeah you know, don't you maybe let you and Doug kind of converse here for a minute because Doug is also a just wonderful, masterful researcher, and you guys have covered some of the same territory with the Apache. Doug, uh, he grew up around the Hickorilla Reservation up north, and Doug, why don't you jump in there with something? Well, before Doug oh. does that, I'm just going to say Doug is the is the ultimate researcher. He finds all kinds of things. He in fact, found the bacon hiding behind my sofa at home. That's pretty good. <laughs> Is that where it was? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did he share with you? No. <laughs> Michael would be one of the few people who really has a good feel for who the Apache are as, as people. Uh, I'm not sure where he got it, but uh, when he writes about him, you can see the real people that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. You get you get the feeling of, of the the you covers the culture the you know I love I love the stuff that, about the superstitions the uh, I learned a ton of stuff from Doug. In fact, I'll give you a little antidote on myself. Uh, as a kid, uh, I used to run around with a Mescalero uh, boy named uh, uh, Prince and. One year, we got doing the Fourth of July thing. He invited me up to join the family because one of his sisters was reaching puberty, and I got a great Apache joke put on me. When I didn't, I didn't know this until 50 years later when I was talking to Doug, and found out because the Apache don't eat dog. Well, right there at the at the pot because they always had a pot going for to feed the visitors and friends and family. And Grandma, she got there. I come up here and she goes, "Oh." Boy, you dig deep, fat puppy. And I, for 50 years, I thought I ate fat puppy and found out I didn't. But that's, you know, that's, that's, that's the for you. Nice. 
Yes, indeed. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Ger Geronimo's great grandson lived in uh, in the Tucson area here. Guthrie. Uh, number. I don't know if he's still oh, he's here. Passed, he's passed. He's away. passed away. Okay. Because uh, uh, and I've been trying to get in touch with him long twenty years ago easily. My uh, my great granddad served in at Fort Huachuca and was one of the uh, guards when uh, they transported Geronimo from Fort Bowie on the train. And I mean, the, the, my great granddad wrote down some of the stuff, but he was Czech, uh, and nobody can translate what the man wrote. <laughs> so it was like, oh well. Mm -hmm. uh, but we know, we know that. I mean, I've got pictures of him with um, with uh, Geronimo. So anyway, um, well, Michael. Why don't you just kind of give us a kind of a quick overview so that people that are listening in, and hopefully there's a ton of them, uh, have kind of an idea of what we're, what we're uh, talking about here. Okay, for the for the whole set of books, or uh, well, you, we, we, let's, let's start with Pachuria, and then we can we'll move on to those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, Apacheria is is a uh, set of historical essays with uh, accompanying uh, art or photographs, and it uh, it's intended to to give the reader a flavor of what it was like to uh, to live as an Apache from about 1860 to about 1920, uh, and uh, it is just about uh, all. Uh, uh, about Mescaleros and uh, the the, uh, the Chiricahuas. There is a uh, some reference uh, to uh, the Apache kid who was a who was a uh, a Western Apache uh, and uh, uh, the the scouts. The you know the the whole the whole nine whole nine yards. It's not intended to be. Uh, an academic history as such, but really uh, to give you a flavor of, of what it was like to uh, to uh, to live as an Apache. And I got that when I was researching uh, my first novel about about the Apaches. And what I had intended to do was uh, write a series of novels, and I've done three so far. Uh, where uh, the, the reader could follow what happened to the Muscaleros uh, from about uh, 1865 to about 1920 and, and beyond, as seen through the eyes of a, uh, of a young man who was born about 1860, uh, lived through the, uh, the, the Bosque Redondo fiasco, uh, had a... Uh, uh, an epiphany, a religious experience, uh, uh, where uh, the, the Apache uh, creator God Usen told him that uh, he would uh, uh, be a killer of witches, uh, someone who uh, who took care of the of the evil uh, that uh, uh, his people might might have to face and. Uh, uh, he was given the gift of uh, incredible marksmanship with a uh, 
an old Henry rifle that he had where he could, uh, when, when he killed the witch, he could shoot out their eyes so that they would be blind and, uh, mm. in the happy place. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, the, the book, uh, the first book, Killer of Witches, follows uh, what happened up until about uh, 1881 uh, or so. Uh, in 1880, the uh, the army basically invaded the Mescalero Reservation because they were uh, convinced that the Mescaleros were providing uh, large quantities of uh, ammunition and horses and, and what have you to Victorio. And uh, the the hero of the story, the the man that has the the vision and is the phenomenal marksman, is is uh, uh, the character that I named Yellow Boy because the uh, the Henry rifle that right. he used has the uh, the yellow receiver on it, mm-hmm. uh, and he uh, he goes uh, uh, basically from uh, from about five years old until uh, uh, he uh, uh, winds up having to take his take what's left of his people after they're uh, destroyed by some. Uh, Comancheros uh, to the reservation they really didn't want to go and uh, while he's he's not the acknowledged leader he uh, he kind of winds up being the, the man they go to when they when they uh, need help uh, when the army invaded uh, uh, the reservation in 1880 uh, he uh, uh, managed to, to get his family and, and go down into Mexico and stay with uh, the uh, uh, Huo and uh, some of the other Sierra Madre Apaches. And uh, uh, throughout the throughout the series of books, there's a uh, there's been a character that has been a that has been a witch, an Apache witch, or a witch that uh, the the Apaches thought was a witch, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, so the 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 action in it is uh, is where he uh, he goes after these bad people, quote quote. Uh, but I, I I got the idea that. Uh, uh, you know, when you when you read enough of the uh, uh, culture of the Apaches, uh, I I came to the conclusion that uh, uh, there are they are remarkably like we are. You know, they have they have a lot of the a lot of the same uh, uh, hopes and fears. Sure. Uh, and I, I ran across a. Uh, a quote when I was doing the uh, introduction uh, for Killer of Witches, which uh, uh, Paul Blazer said he was he was uh, uh, the the son of uh, Joe Blazer, who 
ran a sawmill and a and a trading post there on the uh, on the Muscalero Reservation. That was the beginning of Rio Dorsey. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's right. And he uh, he said, you know, uh, I hate it when I hear people call uh, the Apaches savages. Uh, I used to work in the store. And I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, and uh, they would come in, and uh, I'd give them a little tobacco, and we'd sit and talk. And they would tell tell their stories, and they were they were beautiful. They were, uh, uh, you know, uh, stuff that was kind of straight from the heart. And uh, uh, he came to see that that uh, they were really. Uh, just like just like we were, and uh, I I wanted to convey that to uh, you know that there are there are vast cultural differences, but mm-hmm. if you if you understand the Apache culture, it's it's really not uh, that far removed from uh, from the way that, that we think about things. And it makes perfect sense. And so um, yeah, exactly. And and in fact, I I came to the conclusion i'm sure it's nothing new to uh to expert historians but you really can't understand the apache history unless you understand the apache culture mm-hmm. it goes that way with i think any yeah i think it goes that way with any group that uh, one studies you must understand the culture first before embarking on the history it's time for our first commercial break we're talking with michael farmer western historical <laughs> fiction author and uh, part-time physicist <laughs> now he's, he's uh, i think uh, late uh, put up the electronic goodies and, and and just does this now. Anyway, we're uh, Doug Hawking is with us as well. Uh, Bunker to France and Harry Alexander. This is Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. We'll be back right after these very important messages. Do stay tuned. Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 
Hello friends, this is Laura Darnell, the host of Homegrown KC, a podcast dedicated to exploring Kansas City's fascinating history and sharing stories from its rich past. Each episode will cover a person, place, or event from Kansas City's history. Homegrown KC can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Google Music, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. For additional information about the show, please visit my website, homegrownkc.wordpress.com. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander and Bunker de France, our guest Michael Farmer, and uh, Doug Hawking. And, and a, a guest vocal by Patsy Montana. And guest vocal by Patsy Montana, Want to Be a Cowboy Sweetheart. One the, that was the first million dollar record. You know, they don't make them like they that don't. anymore. Well, you know, uh, so Michael, uh, I want to kind of go back to Pachuria for just a second, because I want to I want to do a blatant plug for you. Uh I think, you know, when you look at the book and you read it, it's like a pocket history, like you were describing. It's like little vignettes of history, but it's so full, packed full of nuggets of just great information. And I got to thinking, now for you dads, you granddads out there, and for you grandmas as well, uh, this would make a great Christmas present. For the kids, and not, but not just one to give them, but one to sit down with them and read it together and talk about it. There's an idea. Isn't that an idea? <laughs> I mean, parents used to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and now that I've gotten the blatant plug out of the way, I want to move on to, I think, one of the great villains of, of contemporary villains in Western literature, the Comanche Witch. What a fascinating character. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he's kind of a mix of uh, some some uh, people that I ran across uh, uh, doing doing some research and uh, some old time uh, uh, John Wayne movie types. Uh, once you once you kind of sift out uh, what's what's uh, uh, obvious obviously uh, a little stretch as far as Hollywood goes, but uh, yeah, I I think uh, I think in order to have a good story, you've got to have a really good villain. Yeah. Yeah, I liked him. I mean, it's, it's, yummy villains are just, you, you can't live in you know, Liberty Valance, you know. It's, it's as good as John Wayne is, yeah. but Liberty Valance, it's just another Western. Doug, feel free to jump in here. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was going to say this may seem kind of contradictory, but uh, one of the things I like about Michael's writing is his use of culture. Uh, he understands that the Apache aren't all that different than we are. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and that's important because so many historians write themselves into a corner and then they uh, pull out culture kind of deus ex machina, you know, God from the machine to solve their problem. Well, there's mm-hmm. this cultural element and that accounts for his behavior. Mm-hmm. And that, <clears throat> Michael doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Michael understands that they're very much like us that there are differences and different ways of expressing themselves, but at heart, they're very much like us. And that's important. Well, you know, also along that same line, too, is, you know, the if you understand the Apache superstition and the different superstitions, you're a long ways to understanding them and also the taboos that go with it. And you might you might want to kind of talk about, because we've been talking about witches, but we're not talking about Salem type of witches. We're talking about bad hombre type witches. And there's a difference. Yeah, the... Uh when you when you get right down to it, the the Apache concept of a of a witch is really quite logical, and uh, when you when you pull that thread to the end, what you find is that that uh, uh, their beliefs are are uh, remarkably what I would call. Uh, uh, Early Hebrew beliefs, uh, beliefs, and that's, <laughs> that's, that's not just uh, any uh, any uh, religious claim or anything like that. But their but their customs were uh, remarkably the same. But uh, the 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 Apaches believed that some people were gifted with special gifts that were uh, supposed to be used to uh, to help the people. And they called people that uh, that had these gifts Dayans, and they were basically medicine men or medicine women. And uh, if, in fact, you wind up taking your gift and not using it to help the people, but to uh, uh, satisfy your your own gratification and desires and uh, wound up doing evil things to people, then, then by definition, you were a witch. And you could take, uh, to the Apaches, uh, these supernatural gifts were, were amoral. They, they, didn't, uh, they didn't have any morality, you know. You, you, mm-hmm. you either use them for good or, or use them for bad. And if they caught you, uh, using your gift in a bad way, you usually wound up being burnt. You know, <laughs> uh, you, you know in the in the movies where the uh, the bad Apaches uh, uh, catch uh, the poor white settler and they uh, tie him to a wheel uh, and and put a fire under his uh, head upside down. Well, that's the way they took care of the witches and. Uh, uh, the, the first and almost proof definite that you were a witch was if uh, uh, you knowingly committed incest, mm-hmm. and uh, if if that happened, that was it was all over for you. You know, uh, uh, and the, the, 
Go ahead. There's, there's one of the incidents in the book you talk about, and I can't think of his name now. He was uh, a uh, medicine man, uh, the one who lost his eye, uh, treating this, this one Indian that had come down very, was dying, and it was two witches had infected him. He was able to deal with the first one. Uh, Usum spoke to him and said, you know, if you, if you do this, uh, you'll lose your eye and he went ahead and did it anyway because he yeah. felt he had to do it but the second witch's power was too great but it's just a great story if you could just kind of elaborate on it yeah the the uh, the, the witch that you're talking about was actually a woman uh, she was the adopted daughter of uh, uh uh, of the witch that appeared in the first and second novels. His name was Blood of the Devil. Uh, and uh, uh, Blood of the Devil had a uh, had a half-sister that uh, he kept as a, uh, as a paramour. Uh, and uh, uh, in, the, in the story, uh, Yellow Boy and, and uh, two or three other Mescal <clears throat> Mescaleros uh, are are trying to get rid of the uh, uh, of the witch blood of the devil, uh, and uh, uh, in the process of of all of this going on, uh, a, a child, a, a baby that uh, is the child of blood of the devil. Uh, and a slave woman uh, is saved by his by his sister, whose name is uh, Ojo Verde, Green Eye, because she had one brown eye and one green eye. Wow! Uh, and uh, she taught the taught the young uh, young girl as she grew up all of the uh, things that that uh, Blood of the Devil knew and. Uh, 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 after after Yellow Boy killed him, and her intent was to uh, to wipe out uh, Yellow Boy in revenge for killing her half brother, and so the uh, the child got away from her. She was that that Ojo Verde was was raising the child to uh, to sell her off to uh, one of the houses of ill repute in. Uh, Chihuahua City, and uh, times got hard, and she wound up having to uh, to sell her early on. Uh, long story short, uh, she thinks Yellow Boy is the only one that can uh, can save her, and uh, uh, he in fact does. But then, uh, uh, when Ojo Verde comes to uh, to take her revenge, then uh, uh, the the young woman that the uh, yellow boy had saved comes back to uh, to save him and uh, in the in the book that you're talking about there's a there's a lot of uh, 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 ceremonial procedures that, mm -hmm. that she goes through and uh, uh, you know uh, you, you uh, you may roll your eyes when you read that stuff but in fact, 
that is actually uh, in the in the record that uh, uh, Morris Oppler uh, wrote when he did the ethnology of the uh, of the Apaches. And so things like that really did happen. Uh, they may have happened because they believed it so strongly, or you know, I I, I don't know. I don't uh, I don't comment one way or the other about what the Apaches called power with a capital P, which meant supernatural power. But I don't, uh, as a physicist, physicist uh, deny that that such a thing might be possible. On that note, we have to take a, a moment here and uh, do another break. So, gents, hang on. We're talking with Michael Farmer, author, and Doug Hawking, author, Bunker to France, and Harry Alexander here on Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. We'll be right back. Looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. He recently served two tours in Afghanistan, where he received a Bronze Star for heroism and a Purple Heart for injuries sustained in combat. He recently left military service, and now he's unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Many of our men and women in uniform gave up good jobs and careers to join the military and take up the fight for freedom around the globe. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Please join with the American Legion, the nation's largest veteran service organization, in recognizing that veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. The training and experience they receive in the military is second to none. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Hello? I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. 
Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseandaroundrescue.org. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movie Zealots podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like the Alexa quote of the show and may the odds be ever in your favor and have a from the cutting room floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC Stubbs or MoviePass. So, after finishing this podcast, please give the Movie Zouts podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movie Zouts. Until then, that's a wrap. Coming to you from the great southwestern United States. You're darn tootin'. Yes, sir, Bob. This is the Voices of the West. We are back on Abel Franzi's of Voices of the West. Harry Alexander and Bunker de France, our guests, Michael Farmer, author, and Western historical fiction author, and Western historical fiction author, Doug Hocking. And uh, where do we want to go from here? Well, you know, let's, let's try to travel a little further into a younger boy's life. Tiger, tiger, burning bright. I have a question there, because as I understand, there was like 30 actual living, breathing historical people in this. Now, it's got to be super challenging when you're dealing with real entities to uh, blend them in with the story and, you know, not to make, not end up making the story look funny, making them look funny, making the author look funny. Uh, How are you able to do that so well? Well, I don't know. I just treat them as, uh, you know, like they're, they're uh, regular people, and uh, uh, they have their their uh, normal normal uh, feelings and interactions with uh, with each other. And uh, I just I just let the story go where it takes me. No, well then. I like the premise too. You know, you you bring in Pancho Villa, who is one of the uh, Southwest uh, legendary Bad characters. <laughs> and, well, he's a hero to some. Yeah. And you know, and you go through all of that that psychological stuff that's going on with him. Uh, you know, from from being the the great liberator to to you know being hunted and eventually assassinated, but going mad. You have a very interesting way of putting things together. That's all I can say. (laughs) What do you think about about that, Doug? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I like the way he says that. You let the story, once you know your character, you let the story take you where it will. Mm-hmm. Let the characters tell you where they want to go. Well, I got another question for you. Uh, <laughs> this is this is one of my what I call the goofy questions that come out of left field. Uh oh. How long have you been a member of SAS? Uh, about ten years. Mm. How's your aim? <laughs> 
uh, I really, I really uh, am not am not uh, a, a great shot, and I here in probably the last uh, five or six years, I really haven't shot very much with them. Shotgun. You don't have the time. Shotgun. <laughs> yeah, right. Shotgun serves says yeah. it all. No question. Uh, I just had to ask you that. That's I, I love I love finding things out like that, and it's it's just awesome. Well, let's let's go back a little bit to the uh, legacy trilogy. Okay. Yeah, because that, that that kind of sets up a lot of stuff in your other writing. Uh, the the legacy trilogy. You're, uh, which which book are you talking about? Uh, that's the uh, night series. You know the different right? right right okay yeah I got it okay <laughs> snuck up on you uh, didn't I? Yeah. Well, uh, the 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 three books there are are Mariana's Night, uh, Night's Odyssey, and Night of the Tiger, and uh, uh, they are basically uh, uh, the trilogy that is that is built around uh, uh, what happened to the fountains. Yes. So, uh, uh, they they basically disappeared off the face of the earth, and uh, there were. Uh, uh, many that believe that the little boy somehow survived, and in fact, uh, I have heard tales from reputable people that claim to have heard that he uh, lived in Mexico at one time. I don't, I don't know that. I haven't pursued it at all. But uh, 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 Mariana's night is the is. Uh, about uh, uh, Henry Fountain surviving the, uh, the murder of his father uh, through Yellow Boy, uh, basically saving him from freezing to death, and then mentoring him uh, to become a, a warrior so he can take uh, revenge against against the man who killed, who actually killed his father. Uh, and once that happens, you go into the second book, which is Knight's Odyssey, where uh, uh, the boy now 14 and yellow boy uh, go down into uh, to Mexico to uh, to live with the Sierra Madre Apaches who at that time were probably uh, close to the peak of their of their power as, as such and that's where he meets uh, uh, Pancho Villa and his uh, bandito days uh uh, one of my favorite villains, Billy Creek, uh, who uh, 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 Henry uh, winds up uh, having to uh, uh, have a go around with. And uh, lastly, in Night of the Tiger, uh, uh, Henry, uh, who, has, who has become a doctor, um, goes to uh, uh, support uh, Pancho Villa in his uh, death struggle with uh, uh, Carranza in uh, the 1915-1916 the uh, era. And that's where I think, uh, you know, Villa really kind of lost his mind for a while. He, he just, he just, 
could not get straight in his head that you can't uh, uh, take horse cavalry and and men running on the ground with rifles and charge uh, uh, a long trench uh, uh, filled with machine guns and uh, riflemen and expect to have anybody come out of it. Well, if you're, if you're following Napoleonic tactics, certainly you can suggest that that'll happen, <laughs> but obviously it doesn't. <laughs> and the other side has German advisors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I really found uh, Via a, a fascinating character. Yeah. I've, I've done a, a number of essays where I uh, would probably put together a book on uh, him the way that I did uh, Apacheria, but uh, it doesn't seem to be quite as much interest uh, in uh, in Via as there, as there is in the Apaches. Oh, there, there's a lot of interest in Via here in Tucson. <clears throat> For Christ's sake, the, the, the city of Tucson erected a, a monument <laughs> uh, in, to honor him downtown, for God's sake. <clears throat> yes, you know, yes, that's right. We've got... We've right. got um, We've got Lieutenant Cushing, uh, for whom a street is named, uh, you know, but we have no monument for any of the Cushing uh, soldiers, uh, brothers, and, and it's like, you know, you give me a break. You know, if you do do a Pancho Villa story, I have a character to recommend for you. Raul Walsh. Okay. <laughs> Are you familiar with Raul Walsh? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good... I, I think so. Yeah, I, I think, you know, that's a little tidbit thrown out there to make your life a little more miserable. Fellas, we got to take our final break here, so uh, without further ado, stay tuned. Michael Farmer and Doug Hawking. Bunker to France, Harry Alexander, this is Emil Francis of Voices of the West. We'll be back right after these very important messages. Besides bringing millions a year into this community with national and international events, the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway services the local shooting sports community with a 380-acre site featuring trap, skeet, pipe stand, and two sporting clays fields, as well as a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, which all is available to local shooters, and soon an archery range. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com or take a drive out west of town and see it for yourself. New members or single-day use, welcome. Hi, this is Joe Montaigne. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. Fourteen generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army, a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more, visit armyhistory.org. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911 Old Western Radio Theatre every Saturday at 6pm Mountain Standard Time only on the Voices of the West VOW Radio 
just a tumbleweed cowboy A cloud is the roof for my head I rock along in the saddle all day The cool prairie grass is my bed I could listen to that stuff all day, and in fact, I do. <laughs> That's uh, Ray Whitley in Tumbleweed Cowboy. Uh, Ray Whitley, Rogers of the Purple Sea. One of the, one of the greats from uh, the B movie era. Yeah. We are talking with Michael Farmer and Doug Hawking, and I, I got to have some fun here. Okay. In terms of physics, hmm. what if cowboys had the ability to do physics as? physicists do now what would have happened <laughs> Harry it's, a, it's like what if what are you smoking it's like what if Napoleon had a B-52 you know I mean come on. <laughs> Well, that's, 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 speculative, that's speculative physics. It, it is. Speculative. Oh, well, that's a new new uh, branch, yeah. speculative physics. Yeah. What, what do you think, Dr. Farmer? <laughs> well, that's got possibilities. <laughs> yeah. I've, got, I've, got, I've got something to, uh, to kind of share with uh, you and Doug both. Uh, I just came across this recently. It's one of our Southwest legends, and it has to do with the Apache up around Superior. Uh, according to the legend, they have, they were trapped up on the, the mountain that sits above Superior by the cavalry, and rather than surrender or you know they. According to the legend, rode their horses off the cliff, all dying, and the wives, upon hearing this, cried. And as their tears reached the ground, they turned to stone. Hence, Apache tears. Well, have any of you heard that story before? Uh, I uh, worry about them going off the cliff up there by uh, Superior. Well, you the first time I'd heard the Apache tears linked mm -hmm. to it. Well, you know, this is this is like more like in uh, uh, Michael's area. We're in Tularosa Canyon, just all about ten, fifteen miles up the canyon. There's a little right there, in kind of the center of the of the canyon, and it's real narrow there. A little mountain that looks like, shaped like a thimble. And uh, growing up as a kid up there, you know, they used to call it uh, Squaw's Tit. Right. And there's nothing disrespectful intended here. That's just what everybody called it. And according to local legend there, uh, a group of Indians, and it, it's never been really established in the legend, whether they were Apache or somebody else, were, were trapped there by troops. And uh, again, it's so vague that whether the troops were Spanish or U.S., we don't know. But rather than uh, they were trapped, there was no way off of it. And if you've seen it, you, you, you'd understand. Uh, but they all just jumped off kind of like Masada rather than surrender. Wow. Well, that really stopped. <laughs> I guess neither of them have that. It's kind, of, it's kind of like uh, Butch Cassidy and sometimes he's Indians falling in the rain. <laughs> Michael, what have you got coming up on the horizon uh, for your uh, for your uh, books? Next book. Well, you know the uh, the 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 latest book is uh, Geronimo, Prisoner of Lies, which is about his uh, twenty three years as a prisoner of war. 
uh, and it it will have a, a fictional uh, novel, obviously fictional, uh, uh, coming out next May called The Odyssey of Geronimo. I'm just finishing up uh, a, a, a history of uh, the 10 years before uh, Geronimo surrendered and uh, it's going to be uh, coming out about in about a year and a half, uh, I think. Uh, and it's uh, it's going to be called A Song of Blood and Fire. And the novel, which I'm editing now, is uh, is going to be called Surprise the Iliad of Geronimo. Uh, they, they are just remarkable uh, compare. Uh, Similarities between the the epic story of the of the old Greek Iliad and Odyssey and mm-hmm. uh, oh, what yeah. happened with the uh, mm-hmm. with the Apaches. Compare and contrast. Well, Doug, what do you got coming up? Oh wow! I just had a book come out, Terror on the Santa Fe Trail, uh, about the Hickory Apache who managed to close that trail three separate times. And then uh, sought peace and word allowed it by the by the army and the governor. Uh, just heard this morning from a friend who'd read it. It only came out October first. Who said that he thought it was great, and that that's good to hear always. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, especially from friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll never lie to you. <laughs> But as to what we got coming up, uh, the my last book, Black Legend, mm-hmm. is a finalist for the Will Rogers Medallion. Awesome, nice. Yeah, and this coming week, I've got to go uh, uh, to Fort Worth uh, for the ceremonies to find out if if I actually got the medallion or I'm still just a finalist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good luck. Uh, and, after that, the New Mexico Book Awards, where I'm a finalist in history. I, I think Michael is too, right? Well, you guys are, you guys will be punching each other out over there in Santa Fe. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, actually, actually we have a few books. Uh, yeah, uh, Apacheria is 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 up for a uh, a Will Rogers Award, but it's uh, in the category of history for young people, mm-hmm. and uh, there are. There are uh, the the uh, Knights Odyssey and Night of the Tiger are are up for uh, fiction awards at, at Will Rogers, Great. and uh, Night of the Tiger is up for a uh, an award at the New Mexico Arizona Book Awards. So yeah, Doug and I have have been doing the old kangaroo rat dirt out of a hole trick writing these books. Well, obviously, uh, Dr. Farmer, the uh, uh, the writing profession has uh, succeeded quite well, and you can quit the day job, right? Smiled upon him. <laughs> Smiled upon uh, you, yes. <laughs> yeah, if I want to starve to death. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us this uh, for this show. Uh, Doug Hawking, uh, and the reason we had Doug on was because he wrote some great reviews about Michael Farmer's books, and so why not have the guy who writes the reviews come on to help you out. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fun to have Doug around. I, anyway. I yes. really appreciate it. Yeah.
And uh, the next time uh, this program gets together, the next show that you will hear, if you listen to them in order, as you should, it's going to be a goodie. We have... It's a classic. We have... Actor Patrick Wayne coming up on our next program. That'll be the end of the month uh, movie uh, program for October. And he's funnier than a sack full of squirrels. By golly, he is. And, and for those of you who may not know, Patrick Wayne is the son of the Duke. John well, that's right. He's my little boy. We, we had a, a great interview with the guy, and uh, uh invite you to tune in and listen well, to that you, one. Because you'll have fun. We have fun. Yeah, we had more fun than humans should be allowed to have, I yes, think. Yes. So. All right, Michael and Doug, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you, gentlemen. If you're thank wonderful. you. Appreciate it very much. That's all the time we have here now for uh, Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We'll be back and... Uh, that's a warning. That's a warning, so you'll be back with us. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.